Pastor Steve. Pastor, you are muted, please. Good morning. I trust that your week has been good. Amen. We, we could just stay here forever. Amen. As a powerful worship time. Mm. Yeah, blessed. Mm. I don't know about you, but I was. Mm. Amen. Well, yesterday, for those of you who came to Worms, uh, we had a session. We were blessed. Uh, we thank God for the life of Dr. Lebisoga. Uh, God used him very mightily to be a great instrument of encouragement and so much revelation that, that poured out of his spirit to us. So I advise you to listen to the message. Mm-hmm. I, do, I don't make work of ministry seminar available on, on our podcast for, for, for many reasons, mm-hmm. but uh, it's recorded and it can be shared. Amen. I advise you to listen to the message if you ever have the opportunity. Amen. Well, today we continue our series on the book of John, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and we are on part 68. So please turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 14, verse 19 to 24. For the past two weeks, we've, we've been on the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it's essential that every believer knows about the Holy Spirit. Amen. And today we're going to shift into another gear. So John chapter 14, verse 19 to 24. I read, A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Amen. I was struggling with a sub-team this morning, but I think I'll call this manifestation. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to hear your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak. Holy Spirit, we ask that you inspire. Holy Spirit, we ask that you transform. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will be the main speaker through my lips. Holy Spirit, we ask that uh, our chance will be given. Holy Spirit, we ask that let your word be planted deep into the hearts of your people this morning. I thank you for answered prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we've been saying, John chapter 14 is the Thursday. 
and Jesus died on the Friday. So this is some few hours probably to his death. And now Jesus has, has spent time to talk to them about the third person of the Trinity in the Holy Spirit, uh, which we have done well to elaborate over the past two weeks. And in verse 19, if you look at that scripture critically, Jesus is not talking about the resurrection. He said, a little while longer and the world will not see me, but you will see me. You see, he is making a distinction here that the world will not be able to see me, but you will see me. You see, Jesus is not talking about his physical, uh, his his visage, right? Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he was seen by the world. So Jesus is not actually referring to the resurrection. He's actually referring to something deeper. And when Jesus was talking about this, he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mind you, like I said, the past two weeks, all the scriptures we have read leading to this is still on the subject of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, in verse 19, is really talking about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't make sense to the world. The Holy Spirit can only make sense to a believer. And that's why Jesus said that the world will not see me because the world cannot feel, the world cannot understand the Holy Spirit. The world will not be able to embrace the Holy Spirit until they first and foremost receive Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. That's why in the beginning verses of chapter 40, Jesus spends more time talking about, believe me, believe me. See me as the way, see me as the truth, see me as the life. See me as equal as God, because I came in the form of God and I thought it's not robbery. Then he talked to them about the Holy Spirit. You can't experience the third person of the Trinity in the Holy Spirit if you do not appreciate the second person of the Trinity, which is Christ. And you will have to see Christ in the right way, not just as a son of Mary or as a prophet or as a healer, as a teacher, as a good man, which he was all, but you will have to see him as God. It is only in seeing him in that proper reverence that now you will be able to appreciate and sense the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying that the world will not see me, but you will see me. Because at this point, Jesus was gradually working them to a point whereby they were beginning to see Christ in the right way. And and the moment you begin to see Jesus in the right way, it will be easier for you to embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says something that at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the the, the Holy Spirit, he comes in a dimension whereby he lives in the disciple. And that is something that these disciples had not yet experienced. They knew Jesus because he walked with them. But Jesus saying that a time is coming I am going to be in you. And how was Jesus going to be in them? Another. 
That's why I explained the word another. Another means one of the same kind. One of the same divine attributes, qualities, and, and, and heavenly expression, just like God the Father. Another of the same kind. So the disciples can truly say, when they experience the, the Pentecost sensation, that Christ lives in us. And why does Christ live in us? Christ lives in us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And that's what Jesus is saying. So Jesus is spending verses 19 and 20 talking to them about the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who my father loves because he loves me. And he will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Now, the very important word for us to note here is keep. This word keep is talking about observing and obeying. It's not necessarily talking about uh, keeping something that nobody will steal it. Well, it's more talking about obedience. Whenever we walk in obedience of the word of God, as a result of observation, we are keeping the word. And Jesus is saying that when we do that, we will be loved by the Father and we will be loved by him. And then he will manifest himself to us. So it is very imperative that in our Christian work with God, we have to all come to a place of manifestation. And how will we come to a place of manifestation? We have to settle down the road of obedience, obeying the word of God. Right here, when Jesus is talking about he who keeps my commandments, he is talking about the one who received him as Lord. And that is how we experience the Holy Spirit. The first encounter we will have with the Holy Spirit is believing the word of faith that Jesus is Lord. He came to die for our sins. That is the first step of obedience. And that is the first dimension of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that I will manifest myself to him. The word manifest means to show yourself, come to view or appear. This word manifestation is the same word in Matthew chapter 27 verse 53. Let me read it. Matthew chapter 27, verse 53. The same word manifestation. And the Bible lets us know that, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now let me start from verse 51. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn into two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city 
and appeared to many. So one of the stories that is not really told about the resurrection of Jesus, that when Jesus resurrected, dead sins also resurrected with him. That is part of the resurrection story. So it wasn't just Jesus that just rose up from the dead. He rose up together with dead sins. Why? Because he had conquered death, hell, and the grief. It had to happen for him to let people know that I am truly the Lord of all lords because I have conquered death, hell, and the grief. So when he rose from the dead, certain saints who were also dead rose up with him and they appeared to many. That is the same word manifestation. So when Christ is saying that I will manifest myself to you, Christ is saying that I am going to appear in that fashion. And when I appear in that fashion, there will be so much truth and so much evidence that you will not be able to refute it. It's a powerful type of manifestation. It's not a manifestation that is really based on facts. It's a manifestation that is based on truth and based on so much evidence that you will not refute it. And ladies and gentlemen, we call ourselves Christians. We have to come to that place of manifestation. And it's very sad that many believers are not experiencing that manifestation because we will not pay the price of observing and obeying God's word. And the Lord is saying that, hey, when you come to me, it is not just about acknowledging me that I am the son of God. It's not just acknowledging me that I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is not just acknowledging my divinity or my lordship that I am Lord indeed, but it is also painstakingly taking another step to obey and observe my commands. When you do that, the Bible lets us know that you are keeping his command. And when you keep his command, you are the candidate who is prime for the manifestation of Christ. And just as dead saints appeared to people and they had very little um, 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 evidence to refute the fact that resurrection is real because Jesus is truly Lord, so shall it be. We have to come to a place whereby Christ will manifest himself so strongly. And now one of the disciples was caught in a limbo when he heard that word manifestation because he knew that Jesus, you say you are going to die. So how will you manifest yourself? He's talking to us about the Holy Spirit. When will you come into play again? When and how will you manifest yourself? And I think there's a very good question and a very smart question. And look at the revelation Jesus unpacked to this disciple. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. So this is how Jesus will manifest himself. How will Jesus manifest himself? Jesus is going to manifest himself by him coming to take residence in us. And that is where we experience the Holy Spirit. 
So when Jesus is talking about we, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And the previous verses, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And if we will want to come to a place whereby we will experience the true manifestation of Christ, we have to come to a place whereby we love the word, we obey the word. You see, so right here, you even see two realms of manifestation. The first manifestation has to do with when we keep Christ's commands. And we keep Christ's commands by believing that he is the son of God. He is in the same breath and in the same fashion as God. We will experience the Holy Spirit. And you look at the next realm of manifestation that has to do with continuing in the word. So obedience is not just one touch. It just doesn't have to do with obeying the sovereign truth of Christ as Lord. There is more to it than that. It also has to do with now fashioning yourself in conduct like Christ. Fashioning yourself in like manner just as the Spirit wills. It comes deeper. And then we will experience the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says that this is proof that you love me. The proof that you love God is not given money. The proof that you love God is obeying his commands. And when you obey his commands, one of the commandments will tell you to be generous. The, the, the proof of loving God is not coming to church. The proof of loving God is obeying God because you can come to church and you are very disobedient. But when you keep his commandments, in one of the commandments, it will tell you, forsake not the assembly of the brethren. So Jesus here is challenging their love work that you will not be able to experience the Holy Spirit in its full entirety if we are going to walk in disobedience. If we are going to walk in disobedience of receiving the heavenly truth of Jesus as Lord, and if we are also not going to acknowledge the Bible as our final say, we limit and we restrict the manifestation of Christ. And the manifestation of Christ in this context is the Holy Spirit coming to live on the inside of us. That's the manifestation. For some of us, we have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, and we have experienced a touch of the Holy Spirit, but we have not really come to a place where we say we know Christ because the Holy Spirit is very dormant. So you have to move further in your relationship. So as Jesus talked about who the helper is, and like we've taken time to deliberate on who the helper is, we will be able to experience much revelation on who Christ is 
we will be able to experience who the Holy Spirit truly is in our lives when we walk in continual obedience. It is not just obeying the commandment that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth and the life. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is, comes in the image as the son of the father and Jesus is Lord. It's not just that. It's not just, that's just one aspect where we will experience the Holy Spirit. But we have to come to a place whereby we are continually walking in obedience to the word of God, whereby we can experience a deeper manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's why I call this manifestations with an S, because right here is talking about different realms and different levels of manifestation. It just doesn't have to come with just keeping the commandments. We have to make it a continual effort to love God and to obey him. And today, that's very hard. It's not a common message to preach because people have become very disobedient and people have allowed the God of convenience to rather shape their conviction. And people are trying everything to make Christianity so easy and make it so convenient. I was reading my Bible. When was that? I think maybe on Thursday or Friday. That was my devotion. I was reading about Paul. How Agabus, I believe, prophesied that when you go to Jerusalem, much torture awaits you, much persecution awaits you. But Paul still went. And, and what I just learned from just those two verses is in becoming a disciple or a follower of Christ, Inconvenience is also a path one needs to tread on. You see, Paul, Paul was prepared to be inconvenienced for the sake of the gospel. It, it, it's hardcore obedience. He was prepared to obey to his blood. Jesus once, Jesus once said something through the author of Hebrews. He said, you, you have strived, but you haven't strived until bloodshed. You have strived. Well, you don't understand what striving is until bloodshed. So you are not really striving. So there is a part of Christianity which has to do with obedience, continual obedience. It's not just that one-touch obedience, but it's continual obedience. It's, it has to be consistent. And are we willing to pay the price? Because it's a price that you will have to pay. And until you are willing to pay that price, you will never be able to experience the Holy Spirit in his full glory, in his full power, in his full package. Today, many of us have experienced the Holy Spirit, but we have experienced him at new birth level because we've received him as our Lord and personal Savior. And, and that's a gift. But we've never been able to fully say that we have experienced the workings, the operations of the Holy Spirit because we might not be continually walking in the word of God. And keeping the word means to obey and to observe. So today, may the Lord make our hearts soft. May the Lord give us tender ears. 
May, may the Lord make our feet swift. May the Lord give us hands that are mobile and active so that we will be able to translate every desire, every command that is in our hearts and in our mind into action. That is the only way that you will be able to experience manifestations with an S, not just manifestation. Today, today Christ is calling us, he's challenging us to step up our level of game. This is Christ. He's just about to die. He's telling the disciples, step up your level of commitment. Step up. Because if you don't step up your level of commitment, there is a certain realm, a certain dimension that you will never experience. And we all have to come to a place where we can say that Christ is real. Why would we say Christ is real? Because we have experienced him in his full power and in his full glory. I tell you, when we, we walk in that road of continuous obedience, we experience the person of the Holy Spirit. You will come to know the Holy Spirit as a person. You will know him as a divine being. When we walk in continuous obedience, we will experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. We will know that he is a real thing. He is with us. He is with us just as God is with us. And he is an alos, another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. When we walk in continual obedience, we experience the power of the Holy Spirit. There are many Christians today who are bereft of power. Because they have allowed convenience to cheapen their work. And when you are a Christian and when you don't move by conviction and you move by convenience, you, you short circuit the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. And no wonder you'll be asking, why can't we move like Paul? Why can't we move like Peter? Are you prepared to practice this path? Because it is this path that brought the power of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. It was felt. But today, many believers don't even feel the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit that will help us to become effective change agents in our society the power of the Holy Spirit that will help us to strive and to master and to conquer every sinful habit and every evil addiction that seems to stop us and block our flow in, in the presence of the Lord that we are not even experiencing real deeper fellowship. We are not experiencing the power because we are not working in continuous obedience. It is walking in continuous obedience of the word that will begin to sense his power. And when I'm talking about power, it's not just power to do things, do miracles, all the like, but it's also power to even change yourself to become Christ-like in word and in deed. That is power. When you see a Christian who is walking like Christ, he, he's, he's, he, he has the fruit of the Spirit flowing effortlessly out of his heart, out of his belly. You are seeing a Christian who is saturated with the power of the Holy Spirit because it will take the power of the Holy Spirit and empowerment to be able to live like Christ. But it, it will come, as the Bible say, we will have to keep continuing. The Bible lets us know that we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
and I'm talking about presence with a T. They are gifts or giftings of the Holy Spirit. Climb higher. There are deeper depths, higher heights that you and I will have to experience. The Holy Spirit helps us to appreciate the Son. The Holy Spirit helps us to know God. The Holy Spirit helps us not to see God as a phantom, but we will see him as a real person, a real father that exists. It is because of the Holy Spirit that we can say, Abba, Father. And that's why the Holy Spirit is there. Today, I pray that may we experience the fullness, the whole package of the Holy Spirit. Where I come from, we say the whole, the whole. The whole, the whole means we have to experience the whole pie, the whole thing. May we experience the, the full package of the Holy Spirit. It, it will be a travesty that as, as we have become Christians, we weren't serious. We didn't go knee deep. And because we didn't go knee deep, we did not have a rich experience and a taste of who God truly is. The Holy Spirit has come, and he has come for us to experience a, a true taste and a rich experience of who God is before heaven comes up yonder. Strive. It comes at a price. Don't let convenience be the modern-day killer of your Christianity. Because if you are just going to walk by convenience and not by conviction, you will always walk in disobedience. And that is seen, especially in this part of the world. We have allowed convenience to become the God of our belly. Even this Christmas, why should you even argue? People are saying we won't have church and all that stuff. It shouldn't even be a question. Just convenience. It shouldn't even be a question. That is, when I pray that may Christ manifest himself to us. And how is he going to manifest himself? He will manifest himself by the third person of the Trinity in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has everything vested to make the believer's life a worthwhile experience before heaven comes. But you and I, if we don't take that price upon our shoulders and learn how to love God by keeping his word and walking in continuous obedience, we will not experience the Holy Spirit who want to make our body his abode. I pray that today, may we walk in obedience. I pray that today, may we walk with conviction that I am going to be serious about my relationship with God. Because it's only through that that we will experience manifestations. Let's pray.
Break our hearts, O oh Lord. Mold us. Fashion us according to your image and in your likeness. As we strive to walk continuously in obedience to your word. Amen. Over to you, Pastor Jessica.